0: Hello, and a very warm welcome to this edition of the Africa Legal Podcast, and today we are joined by the CEO of Aliot Global Alliance, which is one of the world's largest alliances of multidisciplinary professional firms, this being Giles Brake, a managing partner of one of AGA's first African law firm members, Gatonga Murethi, and company advocates, This being their managing partner, Stephen Gatonga. Now, it is a pleasure to have you both here to discuss Aliot Global Alliance and how you are rapidly expanding your footprint in Africa. So without further ado, let's dive right in. And Giles, I'm going to start with you. Now, you've been in the CEO seat at AGA, Aliot Global Alliance, for just over four years. So for those not familiar with the brand and the business, could you briefly take us through AGA's origin and you know how this business model, which is relatively unique, this isn't your your bog standard legal alliance. It has a little bit more nuance to that. Why, why don't you tell us about how that really came about? Sure, yeah, and yeah, this is a, a real pleasure
1: for us to to be with you today. Let me let me tell you a little bit about AGA. Well, we started right back uh, forty four years ago in nineteen seventy nine, and we actually started quite interestingly. In uh, what you could call, I guess, a parallel universe of accounting, we had um, five co-founding accounting firms who were all local, medium-sized, owner-managed firms based in the UK, Europe, and Australia. And these firms were all, you know, they became quite fed up with the larger international, what was known as the big eight firms taking away Mm -hmm. their Larger clients, because uh, these clients were becoming more more international. They were trading on a uh, on you know across borders a lot more, and they needed at that time of internationalisation uh, a greater depth of tax, bookkeeping, audit, and financial reporting services in uh, a growing number of foreign jurisdictions. So, I guess the initial inspiration for our organisation can be traced back to these local mid-sized accounting firms that wanted to protect their client bases by being able to work together as independent firms to provide a global solution. And um, our founders and the, the scores of firms that joined them in subsequent years knew that they could provide an alternative solution to the mega firms for growing international businesses but, you know, I realize this is a legal podcast, uh, so I can just sort of explain how we kind of uh, went from being an accounting for network to including law firms, if that's okay.
0: Of course, and I would say, what what a time that they were actually launching, you know, into the you know late seventies into the eighties, the absolute explosion of you know cross border requirements, and you know, a of the cap to the accountants, Giles. There's 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 no uh, propensity for discrimination here. You know, they they got first mover advantage on this one. But look, tell us a bit more about that transition into the the legal side of things. Sure. Well. Um...
1: We had, I guess we had a vision
0: back then of
1: um, providing, well, I suppose what you could call it, it's a slightly overused phrase, was to provide a sort of one-stop shop to international businesses. So we, we started this uh, vision of expanding into legal services back in 2004 when um, we found our first law firm, which was actually a Danish law firm called Galst. They're actually still with us um, as we speak. Um, they were appointed in Copenhagen, And it's strange, but I guess in some ways this firm took something of a a leap into the unknown, Um, but I think uh, certainly I do, and I'm sure they at the time, you know, like to think that they were pioneers or or visionaries of some sort. And the reason it it worked and it clicked is because um, law firms face many of the same challenges as accounting firms in the way they manage their their, their businesses, in the way that they have clients who are expanding all the time. And I think both professions saw huge opportunities to collaborate and to, to cross refer. Um, in terms of the, the business model itself, again, yes, it is, it is quite unique, it, it is quite special, it is multidisciplinary. But in terms of how it actually works in practice, we have um, a London based executive office team that uh, provides the administration the Alliance on a, on a day-to-day basis, I head up this team and um, what we do is carefully select one by one, uh, just one firm in each commercial hub and we very carefully vet and appoint each of these firms. We have strict criteria, which means that the firm has to be locally owned and managed, has to be medium-sized. Um, that could mean obviously different things in different markets. For sure, um, yep the firm needs to offer a a comprehensive range of business services. So there are quite strict criteria to be able to fit into this business model. And I think the reason the model really works is because it delivers value to to everybody. I think, first of all, talking about clients, because that's where where we start with the clients, is um, clients through AGA have access to just one solution provider in each market and you know the the technical and the service standards of each of these firms has been thoroughly checked out um and we know that they will all work to one service level agreement which is what we call our service promise agreement and the clients also get to work with firms whose fees are sensible and and very much mid-market um i guess the other successful thing of course about uh about the, the model is that um, member firms themselves get significant value by being able to um, tap into a global resource base. You know They can, of course, put their clients into a safe pair of hands with um, a non-competing firm that they trust. Um, but what they also really value is the fact that they can stay fully independent, and of course, what they really really like is the fact that the model with only one firm of each type one non-competing firm creates huge synergies uh, in terms of referrals so you know last year we created something like 11 and a half million dollars worth and that's us dollars of referrals for um the member firms around the world super so it's a huge, it's been a huge success, the, the model works. And as you can see, it's it, it
0: goes back to, to 1979. I, I think it's fantastic that something with not humble origins, but quite different origins to a lot of the, um, you know, t- traditional network arrangements or, you know, traditional international law firm growth, that. Something so different came from something so different. You know, a group of accountants have said there's got to be a different way. That manifested into, you know, the legal side. You're now going global. Um, Really, really impressive stuff. And let's, let's, let's talk about Africa because there's a very good reason that Stephen is on this line. And we are going to have some specific questions for Stephen later. But how, how's the, well, firstly, how's the model holding up? in Africa? And also, what really kick-started the strides that the Alliance has been making into African legal services? Not relatively recently, but you can correct me if I'm wrong on that timescale, Giles. No, you're right. I mean, we have gone through a period of um, significant
1: expansion in Africa. Um, But as I mentioned a little bit earlier, I mean, we only really put a first toe into the legal services market in 2004. And we began our uh, legal uh, expansion in the more developed economies. So Europe, UK, US, because that's where most of the client demand was at the time. And where there was a higher level of maturity in the mid-sized professional services market, which is very much our sweet spot. And I think it's a little bit like when you start any new venture, it just takes time to gather momentum and um, going into legal services was a little bit of a new frontier for the alliance. Uh, we were wary that I think many of our competitors had failed to succeed at it. Many are, as you know, uh, either legal or accounting. We wanted to cover both of mm-hmm. those service areas. Um And it did require, uh, you know, as I said, a a bit of a leap of faith from law firms because they were joining an alliance that had been dominated for about 25 years by accounting firms. So, like I said, we'd spent the best part of a decade developing critical mass in uh, the various regions I referred to um, just now. Um, And in this time, the demand for legal services in Africa was starting to really ramp up. And we arrived at a juncture, I think, where without a legal services presence in Africa, we were at a distinct disadvantage. Sure, competing against um, the larger law firms, and certainly from, from where we're sitting, and we obviously we are called Alia Global Alliance, but you know, no organization claim, can claim to be truly global when it doesn't have a presence in every region and and of course in Africa it, it impacts our business and um as an example we were uh, we were recently invited to participate in an international tender for legal services with one of the major transport companies okay. and uh we would not have been invited uh, you know we wouldn't have even got to first base if we didn't have a strong presence in Africa so there was a real need to be um, in Africa, and it's not just in Africa. It's 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 also in other markets. We were very underweight and underrepresented, not only in Africa but also in Asia and in Latin America. So, so the push into Africa was part of a an accelerated growth plan that that really started to kick into action in Africa about
0: um, five years ago. And I think you know that that invitation to tender Giles, I think that's more than just a you know a result of being in africa that that's indicative of a respect for the model itself because you're going to be going up against the big boys the the, the international law firms that you know yeah. um you know have that pedigree and have you know direct um uh, employees in each jurisdiction whereas you you are slightly more nuanced it is more of a network but if someone is willing to say no 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 we we put as much faith in your ability to deliver across multiple offices, even if they aren't under one umbrella ownership as the more traditional model, that, that must've put a good spring in your step.
1: Oh, definitely. I think there's been a,
0: there's definitely
1: a a change in the air. I think um, for many years, there was a little bit of institutional bias, let's say with only hiring the big firms. I think the Alliance's model for buying legal services has definitely matured. I think a lot of organizations like AGA are developing um, stronger communications platforms internally to enable our lawyers and accounts to communicate more effectively. Um, We have a much more commercial orientation than we have (laughs) in the past. I I like to think we're now putting putting ourselves forward in a much more structured way that makes us really attractive, I think, to, to larger international companies.
0: Well, let's let's pivot over to one of the members, and we're you know we're we're joined today by by Stephen, which I'm absolutely thrilled about. Now, Stephen, I believe the firm was one of the first um, African law firms to to join the Alliance. Um, and aside from the winning personalities of the Aliot team, which I can personally attest to, what what was it that really drew you and your partners to joining the Alliance? <laughs>
2: Well, thank you. for uh, First, thank you for having me. It's a real pleasure. Um, when we wanted to join an alliance, we had come to the realization that a lot of the middle law firms around uh, town, the town being Nairobi, the capital city mm-hmm. of, of Kenya, where most of the legal and accounting action happens, were increasingly getting into international alliances one to tap into expertise two yes. to boost their profile and three just um you know to get profile locally that they're able to support uh international clients here and they are quite a number so we had interviews with quite a number of uh, representatives of various alliances uh, but when we sat down a uh, virtual for a uh, virtual meeting uh should be 2018, with the then team at Alliot, it just mm-hmm. felt like a perfect fit. Um, uh, we could say there's a there's a, an emphasis in this alliance to social um, capital and social bond. It just yep. felt it very easy to speak to them, uh, and they instantly picked up that we did not just want uh, a farm for business, but a farm that would work with us in terms of. Uh, uh, training friendships across um, expertise collaborating for example uh, in tenders regionally because we had seen it work for other funds but over and above this looking like uh, an alliance that had the potential for growth and the exclusivity that it offered member firms coming in and, and I must say that was one of the biggest selling points that um, if you join this alliance then you, you get some exclusivity in your jurisdiction. And that for us was, was quite appealing. And of course, as I've said, and uh, I reiterate that it, it just felt like connection. Uh, we have an amazing team up there in the Secretariat and that helped a
0: lot. And I think that that's all great to hear because as a medium sized African law firm, you know, you don't have the luxury of of signing up to things that are gonna deliver a, a single string to the bow. You know, when you invest in something, you need it to be multifaceted and what it brings back to the firm. So, yeah, a good referral network is great. Um, You know, what's even better is access to the profile raising and the secretariat function. You know, another one on top of that is, you know, genuine, you know, friendships and the opportunity to, to collaborate with people we get on with. So it's good to hear, you know, I think a lot of people when they look at a network, they go, it's a referral network. That's the start and the end of it. Whereas what you've alluded to is how no that that wouldn't be good enough for the this often squeezed middle and what it's allowed you to do is actually solve a lot more problems than simply these are the firms that we know we can send work to so this is this is great to hear and look the 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 presence in Africa is is growing um, I think it's uh, in Botswana we've just added uh, another member firm this being Otto Umulenge. and. Stephen, I'm interested in how is this African growth really unlocking further opportunity for you? you? know, we've got things like the Africa Continental Free Trade Agreement, regional and pan-African business expansion seems to be a powder keg ready to explode. So how how is this growth of the alliance, uh, you know, primed to benefit you as a Kenyan-based law firm?
2: thank you um and I'll refer to a conversation I had with Charles a while back when he asked me what would my wish list be for for the alliance in the next year or so and and on top of it was the need for us to onboard more funds um uh you speak of trade agreements typically we are more likely to do business with people um from around our regions and, and mm-hmm. the continents uh, and a lot of work has been coming in um, from uh, our neighbors, immediate neighbors regionally and across the continent. Uh, So it's important that uh, we have members across um, the continent because work is more likely to come from Tanzania, Uganda, um, uh, and maybe further down uh, in South Africa. But another issue is that even in terms of specialization, um, these regions will have uh, closer political systems, closer economic models. Sure. So, for example, you will find that in the area of, uh, say, let me use an example of pension and retire- retirement benefits management. Kenya has a strikingly similar model to most countries around the region of Zimbabwe. Mm-hmm where we just onboarded a member, I think, last year. Um, if you go further down South Africa, it's not markedly different. So there's a benefit. Um, a firm recently reached out in that area, and then we realized that we're we, we are, we are almost strikingly similar. Uh, so it's important that we keep this growth going, because then we have more common bonds up across the region and across the continent.
0: And I think it's that regionality is something that used to be quite a big stepping stone for a mid-sized, you know, Nairobi based law firm is you could service local clients. You could grow and grow and grow. You could get to that, you know, three, four partner level. You could maybe have one of your local um, clients start to go regional, but that the next step seemed so far away. So hearing about the, you know, the synergies that you realise you share with other members' firms in their jurisdictions, it's the alliance is unlocking that next stepping stone and making it much closer to, you know, be able to tread on rather than it being a a, you know a, a lofty dream where that next level of growth always feels so, so difficult. And I'm interested to find out a little bit more, you know, Giles has alluded to it already, which is the deep connection that the Alliance tries to drive between its member firms. This isn't a database of firms that, you know, look up who might be able to help you in Kenya or Botswana, Namibia and so on. This is people that genuinely know each other. And, you know... I, I would start by highlighting some of the events that you guys put on. And I know that you've done some of your first Africa regional meetings. But I'm interested, Stephen, to your mind, what, what else is offered by the Alliance that really allows you to embed and get to know and, you know, turn these other member firms into almost colleagues rather than just a referral partner? First, there's a um, strong emphasis, I think, from the
2: Secretariat on the need to just have uh, a friendship and uh, you know a social relationship going uh, before we speak about business because then it's easy. And I think this has been said quite a while in most of our conferences that it's easy to do business with someone you've shaken hands with. 100 um And it's amazing because... Uh, The events, I think for me, the events, because when we were onboarded, I traveled for an event for European Middle East Africa conference in Dubai. And by the time I came back, it was just two short days, but I felt like I knew those people for a little bit longer. So uh, credit to the Secretariat for having a model that encourages interaction at that level. There is also an emphasis on keeping these interactions going even Mm -hmm. post these conferences. And we do that socially. Uh, In August, we had, I must say, a successful meetup in Nairobi for uh, lawyers lawyers and accountants from around Africa for the alliance. And the level of interaction post-conference has been amazing. And it's not just about business, you know. I'll call Tommy in Cameroon, to check on him, I'd call um, my friend down in Zimbabwe. I'd, I'd check on my neighbor, Shazada in Tanzania. So it's, it's more than that. And then I must say, again, credit to the secretariat for putting that at the heart of things because then it becomes much easier for those relationships to mutate into business and an economic benefit for everyone.
0: Well, Stephen, it's nice for you. nice to hear you reference Shazada. You know, Stallion Attorneys in Tanzania, very, very fine firm, and another another member. Um, I I'm going to to pivot here, and Giles, this I, I read this question from our teams, and I thought, you know what, this is this is slightly job interview esque, but I'm going to do it anyway. And it's 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 that old adage of. Where Where is the Alliance going in the next five years? You know, Stephen referenced you were bold enough to ask what the wish list would be in a year's time, but you strike me as a, a man driven by vision. So what is the vision for the Alliance for the next five years?
1: Well, there's various things, and I think Stephen alluded to it. We, we think we just need to keep growing in Africa. We need to <laughs> maintain this Growth trajectory that we're on, um, because you know, like anything, um, it's easy to say bigger isn't better, but I think it is in our case, and I think being bigger will increase the the opportunities for our members and, of course, for their clients as well. So I see us very much continuing with a strategy of really careful organic expansion. Um, so that means you know having the right firms in the right jurisdictions that can meet the growing needs of clients. Because um, I just see that our members are going to need to be able to go with their clients to many more many more jurisdictions in Africa. So yeah. we need to be there. And you can think about places like Ethiopia and Angola. Um, Stephen was telling me just the other day that, uh, uh, you know, a large mobile phone company has um, expanded to Ethiopia, so that is, you know, a, a really significant thumbs up for the Ethiopian economy. So we need to be there. Um, everybody knows Africa's got huge promise as an investment location, and, and and some of the markets in Africa are are very large indeed. So we, we need to be there. Um, Of course, there are regions within Africa where we are not as strong as we should be at the moment. Um, French-speaking Africa, Francophone Africa, for example, um, we're seeing a lot of trade within those uh, regions, but also uh, between African regions as well. So I think the roadmap certainly includes a lot more um, expansion. The other thing members are very keen um, to have at their disposal, as well as, of course, the the personal friendship and everything else, it's having greater standardisation of the image that we all share um, and of the solutions that we provide to clients across borders. I think there's quite a push within our group towards some level of harmonisation of legal services, but also accounting and tax services. Sure. So I guess what we will work on in the next five years is not only growing, but also making sure that we build up the assets of the group and the, the toolkits that member firms have um, within their armory, if you like, to make sure they can really lever the relationships and the brand um, to grow their firms going forward. So that's what I would see for us, I think, going forward in the next five years. There's, you know, It's a big job. I think uh, we've made huge strides in the last five years, but there's still a lot more to do, I think. But the future looks really promising.
0: Well, big job, big opportunity, bigger continent. So it's great to hear that, you know, that that the strides are going to continue. And I think I do agree with you on that, you know, size for the sake of size is a negative. But scale, when you're still holding yourself to very high standards around selection of growth opportunities, embedding of those opportunities. Um, You know, you're talking about harmonization across product lines. This is all stuff that I think will put you in very good stead. I think those firms that have grown too rapidly, it wasn't a matter of being too rapid. It was a matter of being too, uh, um, not even ambitious, but just growing at a pace that didn't allow them to carefully consider the partners that they were engaging with, the the customers that they were going to be servicing, whereas it sounds like you've been putting the right feet in front of each other thus far, and that should see the alliance in in good stead. Um, a, a closing question, if I might, and um, I'll start with Giles, but Stephen, feel free to to join in. Let's grab the bull by the horns here and say, you know, law law firms, uh, the the single law firm you know, instruction has, you know, been there for the last, you know, 300 years and its current iteration is like, who do you use? I use X, you know, great. You know, they have seen us through all this expansion. They've taken us into foreign markets, you know, that that's who we use. And you do offer a different option. So in a nutshell, and I'm not saying this is a hard and fast rule, but what do you feel that you're offering that that single traditional law firm option is is not
1: well it's an interesting point you make and i think um you know for years and years and years um the one firm approach has been quite attractive and maybe it feeds back to that sort of nobody ever got fired for buying ibm type mentality (laughs) where there's probably less less risk in in hiring a firm you know and if things go wrong they can always say well you know it should have worked out, but it didn't. Um, there's a little, some would say there's more risk, I guess, working with an organisation like ours. But certainly we see the way that we work as um, an advantage. And I think clients like the fact that they can um, tap into uh, a global resource, a, a global network of firms when they need them. I think the problem with some of the big monoliths is that um, they have a uh, an expensive um, network of offices which obviously uh, involves a lot of cost a lot of overhead Mm -hmm. which guess what gets passed on to the clients so many clients you know it's not always um, a hugely inefficient hugely efficient way for them to do business because um, you know uh, they don't often need the services of many of the outposts of some of these bigger firms. So we think we can provide a model that um, will get standards, uh, sorry, we'll, that will get services of, of a universally high standard to clients. I think the big difference with us as well is that our professionals do have, as Stephen said, a strong personal connection. They 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 actually know each other. They're not like the... The, uh, you know, the, the managers of a uh, a distant outpost uh, of an of a, of a international bank, for example, they do know each other personally. They do meet with each other two to three times a year at the AGA regional or um, international conferences. So there is that bond between members. They do actually know each other um, from interacting, whether that's at a conference or working on um uh, common client files together. So um, the other thing I think you talked about earlier was, was um, uh, you know, culture, that sort of thing. We have grown organically over the years. We've been very careful with our growth. We've picked firms we think that have people running them that have the right personalities and the, you know, the collaborative mindsets. Um, f- the partners who are running these firms are often involved Um, With the clients, they are able to pick up the phone to a colleague in another country and get uh, a certain amount of um, free advice, let's say, um, up to a certain point, of course. Um, But it's very easy for uh, one firm in one country to collaborate with another firm somewhere else. so there is that culture, I think, which is a big strength of ours. There is that um, cost base, lower cost base, which results in lower fees. So we think that is, um, with the combination of lawyers and accountants, something that's really exciting and really attractive to today's progressive international company.
0: Yeah, thanks Sir that, Giles. And I think something that resonates with me is the idea of, look, if, you, if you're if you with one of the big internationals, you know, Magic Circle firms, for example, you, you can hit a wall – in their capabilities, and I know that sounds counterintuitive with someone as like mega as a magic circle firm, but if they suddenly have to turn around and say that they have zero capabilities in a certain practice area or in a certain jurisdiction, I can pretty much guarantee that the bill you've racked up by the time you get to that wall could build another wall. So I'm not going to put too fine a point on it. But you know that that inflexibility is I think something that you might have the the edge on as well and saying well you know this person can refer that person we're not tied by the fact that everyone that we refer has to be carrying you know the same brand on the same business yeah. so so it's an interesting space to be in and Stephen a final thought from you if you if you will why? Why did you choose to go down this alliance route rather than maybe opening yourself up to be courted by any number of the the large international firms that that seem to be roadshowing Africa on a a rotation?
2: Two things. First, um, as you say, Magic Circle firms, um, yes, some have been there for decades and and have been uh, the firms of choice for many international uh, and local companies. And then from a governance point of view i am aware that uh, companies now require to they require uh, spreading that risk you you cannot have all your work go to one or two law firms year in year out the second point and i think charles mentioned it is that companies are trying to utilize their legal budgets more efficiently so they are always looking for uh, prices that make sense because uh, those big farms are very rigid, mm-hmm. um, and as 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 budgets have continued to shrink, that inflexibility presents a, a challenge. Uh, the second point is, this alliance allows us to keep our identities, you know, to remain authentic within our markets, and uh, then we are able to bring local knowledge to. Whichever client, uh, no matter how big uh, they are, uh, having a um, big company uh, like the big four do where there's some someone managing us remotely, the benefit of local knowledge is, is then lost. Um, and I think that for me is, is a very strong point uh, of the alliance.
0: Thank you. Stephen, no, thank you. Um, and Giles, thank you also for, for joining me today. And as always, a very big thank you to all of our listeners. Um, Giles, Stephen, what a pleasure it has been.
1: It's been a, p- a real pleasure to join you and um, look forward to catching future episodes. Thank you very much. Thank you. My pleasure.
0: Pleasure, Stephen. And, you know, Giles references future episodes, but if you want to peruse the entire back catalogue of the Africa Legal podcast, we're over 200 episodes now, then you can do so wherever you might find your normal podcast. SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, you name it, we like to think we're there. And as always, don't forget to visit us at africalegal.com for all the news, views, and insights that improve your life as a modern African legal practitioner. So without further ado, this has been Stephen, Giles, and Tom, and we're signing off for the Africa Legal Podcast.